0: It is Wednesday, CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. I don't know where you're at, I don't know what you're doing, but I do hope you took a few minutes to enjoy the weather today. We had some actually pretty decent weather, you know, Um, it was agreeable for most of us, you know, and we've had a lot of up and down. A lot of people have been sick, you know, COVID is making a little bit of a comeback. I personally know quite a few folks who've had, you know, COVID recently, and it has not been... Well, aside from that, we have a lot happening right here in good old New Haven, Connecticut. And this tonight, what we're going to be talking about is not a topic that is only pertinent to New Haven, but also to other parts of the United States, and especially now as, you know as we see all that's happening, I mean, we all sat and listened to George Floyd call out for his mother. Okay. We saw them run up and murder Breonna Taylor for reasons that they're still trying to figure out. Locally, we watched them shoot at a couple who, you know, were doing nothing wrong. I mean, somebody needed a ride. They gave that person a ride and everything was seemingly fine. The question is, who do you call when the police murders? Now, right here in Connecticut, New Haven, Connecticut, more specifically, uh, we recently had um, a situation downtown New Haven, where the current mayor of New Haven is seemingly calling out the Yale Police Department for being a little too aggressive with their policing. Apparently, from what was reported, Um, You know, it sounds like the Yale Police Department decided to send out these flyers or something like that. And it was meant to, or the Yale Police Union, let me get that right. The Yale Police Union, because not everybody's probably whatever. But anyway, um, and so the current mayor of New Haven was seen in front of, I believe, City Hall, saying that it was unbelievably offensive that, you know, there was this even this printout being handed out. So if you want to look at what I'm talking about, if you know of the New Haven Independent, there's a really good write-up in there about well, as good as we know so far. Let me just say it like that. And what it is is that they're showing a pamphlet that's being handed around. And on this pamphlet is the Angel of Death, the skull. And it's also, uh, the heading on this thing is, a survival guide for first year students of Yale University. So just imagine, just imagine, right? You found out that your loved one got accepted to Yale. Boy, Manny, you have some seriously great timing, but we'll talk about you in a second. Um, what I am what I was uh, leading into, Manny, we are talking about, you know, starting the conversation about policing. But especially right here in New Haven, Connecticut, we have some news here that we really shouldn't be ignoring. And what I was saying is that after we all watch George Floyd call off for his mother, after we watch Brianna Taylor get shot down, I mean, I could and I'm sure you have names, Philando Castile, um, Trayvon, like the list is long, man. Like I don't even know if we have time to call out those names. And I feel like in New Haven and in Connecticut as a whole, we don't play the bad policing. So, right when you signed on, I was referencing the article that was published in the, it's pretty decent as far as we know. Um, it was published yesterday, August 22nd, and the title of the article is First Years Welcomed to Fear City, which is crossed out and next it is Yale. Let's just start there. How do you feel? I don't know if you had a chance to read this particular article. Just as I've said before, this is grassroots at its finest. Buddy is telling it, within been prompted. This is just fresh thoughts. Not to put anybody under pressure, but I'll just kick it off. So here we have the mayor of Nehaven, your friend Justin Elliker, or Dusted, And I think that's an angry face. I can't tell the difference because it seems to me that he carries that skull with him everywhere. It's kind of like dinner or something. I don't know. But he seems to be standing on the steps um, out there by city hall or something. I, I, like I said, I breezed through some parts of It's more. So looking at um, this list here on the survival guide, but I, my eyes stuck on the picture of him. So let me just read back this again. So yeah, so they hear they're protesting. He's out there, Mayor Elliker, and he's holding up the Fair City Flyer to compare against this one that the yearly union has been distributing to for students. Now, on the fly, if you didn't see it, the top of it says a civil guide for first year students at the university. There's the Angel of Doom, it's pre- which is prefaced by um, incidents of crime and violence in New Haven is shockingly high. And it's getting worse. During this period ending July twenty third, twenty twenty-three, murders have doubled, burglaries are thirty three percent and motor vehicle thefts are up fifty six percent. But before we get any further, Manny, I want to you know, I want you to jump on here. What's your
1: um so yeah, I'm familiar with the situation, uh, that that occurred. And honestly, honestly, um I'm appalled. I'm very, very much appalled. And honestly, I mean, the first one of the first things that came to my mind, I was like the audacity that Yale has to create such a flyer. Because I read the flyer, right? I read it. And one of the first lines that stood out to me was after they present the statistics and stuff. Right. All right. That's the very top of the flyer. They nevertheless, some Yaleys do manage to survive New Haven. And that, that statement right there, again, is like the audacity you have to even create such a statement survive New Haven.
0: Wait as if, a minute. Wait a know. minute. See, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, now, did you notice? Now, this is what I'm saying as well. I don't see these guidelines prepared and distributed by public services, Yale police. Okay, so they did link. They didn't give a phone number call that I'm seeing. They're giving dates, but I don't have anything referenced. I get that. this was supposed to be informational. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, ha, ha, ha. So to me, I read it in two different ways. I read it as disgusting thing you're saying, check, check, check. But then I also read it as dab. How do you feel about that?
1: You broke out for a second, what was that?
0: I read it as, can you hear me? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, sorry. Sorry, people, we're dealing with technology that could be very <laughs> technologically like. Um, so I read it two ways. Everything you said, I definitely agree with. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed that they didn't put like a follow-up phone number, email, I had questions. Who do I reach out to? Like if I, If something happens to me, if this was meant to be like a public service, I mean, I'm trying to figure out how that's supposed to be a public service, but then also I read it as a jab to the mayor, and I'm asking you, how do you feel about that?
1: Mm. Yeah, well, so, so you know, some context on 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 the situation. At least this is all alleged, right? Like this is apparently this is what happened to spark up, you know, the creation of this fire, is. There was a disagreement about the Yale, uh, police union contract, right, and so, again, allegedly, apparently, all those really fancy, avoidant words, <laughs> right, um, that <laughs> that's put out there. So allegedly and apparently, um, act the actual board members of the Yale. Uh, Police Benevolent Association, as that's the title of the the Yale Police Union, right? Apparently, the executive board members, right, were the ones who, not only one created this flyer, but they were the ones actually distributing the flyers, (laughs) you know, on move-in day. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, to say that, like, it was a jab, Right. I mean, yeah, because you're not going to tell me that after the board members create the flyer, that they then make it their business to actually be the ones to distribute it. You know, and like, no, if it was some type of informational, you know, safety pamphlet, whatever you want to call it. Come on, we know how companies run, whatever the executive board you know, creates it and then gives it down to the, the employees, right? And to whoever. And then they're the ones that distribute it. You're like rarely ever going to see the top executive board members be the ones distributing these materials, right? Absolutely so okay. So, again, allegedly, apparently, right? Those fancy words. <laughs> um, Union president Mike Hall right, is the one who he, you know, he gave his comments, um, you know, in, in uh, the article. In fact, there's another article uh, that was published by um, uh, Connecticut uh, Public, and um, at first he, he immediately um, rejected commenting, Right. Uh, to re- request to comment, and he rejected them. Uh, he didn't want to give any comments about it. Right? Which, come on now, anytime you don't want to comment on something, yeah, sure, <laughs> right? Like you're definitely innocent in the public eye. Once once we get there, um, but then he went on to you know say, oh well, you know I, I didn't have much knowledge uh, about what happened and. Uh, But then, you know, again, this is always how these types of uh, um, trails go, right? Someone knows someone, someone involved in something, right, ends up giving information
0: uh, about... Hold on, Manny. Um, You're cut out there. You're sounding like a robot. Say that again. And so. Say that again. Say that one more time, because you came out like a little bit robotic. Can you hear me, Manny? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. You're sounding a little bit like a robot just now. Just rewind that sentence.
1: Okay, can you hear me now?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. So I, I was saying, right, that the Connecticut Public um, article uh, didn't come out today. I think it came out. Um, I think it came out yesterday. I think it was, it was when it came out. Um. But you know, and, and that that was like kind of the initial um, article. And, uh, you know, that's when it said that Union President Mike Hall had rejected, you know, any requests to to comment on it. But then you read that someone who knew someone on the board, right, on the the union board, found out that, yeah, the, the union board and the union board members were in agreement to create this fire, to produce it. And then to have union board members be the ones to distribute it, right? So, yeah, this isn't like, it, you know, this was something that um, went over the board's head or, you know, the top official didn't know about it and it somehow got produced. No, 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 no. This so wait, came wait, from wait, the pull top.
0: Up, pull up, pull up, pull up. So what you're saying is, and I mean, folks, if you wanna dispute it, I'll give you a couple (laughs) a couple sites that have right on this. The Stanford Advocate, Fox News, the Daily Caller and MSN, right? Fox sixty one, Hartford Current, New Haven Independent has something, and you CT public radio. So essentially someone else, you know, this is the thing, right? This was okay somewhere, somewhere at some point. The problem is, it became a problem when other people found out. And here we have theater of the mayor rejecting it. No. Yale Workers Union endorsed Elliker. That's Local 34 unit here, right? That's a billion. So this is like a union war. The fact that the Stanford Advocate, the article title reads, How Accurate Was Police, Yale Police Union Fly About the Crime Issues in New Haven? Let's think about where this is coming from. This is Stanford, Stanford, S-T-A-M, Ford, Connecticut, right? Shout out to my man, right? And what's interesting is the same graphic of him holding the flyer and all this other fun and excitement. Again, it looks very staged to me. Is that what you're implying, that this is all staged? I mean, that's
1: what it So I went ahead I wanted to find the, uh, the direct quote. Um, and this is coming from Yale Police Chief Anthony Campbell. Uh, and this is on the Connecticut Public article that came out. Um, he said, once I learned of the flyers, I called the president of the union and said, what in the world is going on? and he expressed to me that they did not have plans to do this but when the university approached them with their proposed dollar amount for the contract they were offended and that members of the board of the union decided that something needed to be done and this is what they decided to do
0: so wait a minute so they're upset right because they can for more money see this is what i'm saying right because bear in mind, Yale is one of the key machines used in this election. So for Yale PD, Yale union, right, to react this way, it's very interesting. And the fact that you have members of department, the Yale police union, the Yale police up there, and they're all trying to pretend like they didn't know, I'm not buying
1: yeah no I, I, <laughs> I don't buy it at all right and, and and this is what I you go down a little bit further, right and this is still Campbell, you know, police chief. Uh, and he says, I've been told by multiple members of my department who have interacted with officers who found out later that these flyers have been distributed that they had no knowledge that the union planned on doing this. That is another problem that I think the Union will really have to address with its members. No members of the command staff were aware that this was a plan for them to be distributed in this way. Uh, I, I see this two ways, right? I see that two ways. One, right? Either it's a lie, <laughs> right? You always have to hold that possibility, right? That the command staff didn't know. Or two, two, maybe the command staff didn't know. Because, again, when you have a bunch of angry board members and they're, you know, these are people who are above the command staff, right? These are really, these are the execs. These are the top officials, right? And <laughs> that little gathering room and that round table, right? And they're offended. They're, they're mad. They're in their feelings. And they decide they want to create this this thing, you know, to, to take a jab back at, at um, whoever their target is, right? Yeah, they, they'll do it, they'll produce it, they'll create it, and and as you saw, I mean, they themselves were the ones who decided to distribute it, right? They didn't even, like, hand it down the chain to give it to other people to distribute it. They themselves decided they wanted to distribute it. So, you know, so I'll, I'll give the benefit of the doubt if it's true that the command staff didn't know. Because, again, I mean, it's not necessarily entirely uncommon for you know, the top people in, in, in the top positions to just do whatever they want, right, and include no one else in on the plan. <laughs> we, I, I mean, we see that. You
0: surp- I, I don't think either one of us are surprised. We're not surprised, right? No, not at all. Not at all, because here's another tidbit here. not Forget people. Yale Police Department is where the bad cops go. That's where they go. They get to shoot up. Paul and Stephanie, they get to shoot at Randy, they get to shoot who they want, and then they get to go and retire. Now, if Manny goes to work at Dunkin' Nuts or you know, Costco, doesn't matter where, and he sneezes too hard, I don't think it's likely um, that he will have somewhere else within that company to go, unless someone really likes him, understands the situation, and recognize that maybe it's not what it looks like or whatever the case may be, right? So the fact that, you know, a few weeks ago, here was Dusted Elliker downtown and he was so happy with them and everything was fine and everybody was everybody's friend and everything. And fast forward here, we I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And this is on the heels of the alleged Black Wall Street, and I'm saying alleged because here's the thing. The main reason and probably the sole reason why they are insistent on having uh, Black Wall Street down New Haven in at the green is because that location is where they are the most cameras for police coverage, believe it or not. That's where they have a lot of cameras so they can sit right at union station they can sit right right at the yale police department and watch everything black people will have a day where they have an expo and you all say oh here's a great idea we'll just go ahead and we'll have it where we have police cameras and it's horrible parking that's fantastic that's fantastic and let us not forget that new haven police department yale police department and the Hedden Police Department have a nice working relationship. So this show and tell here, where the mayor of New Haven is, you know, seemingly, you know, shouting down this flyer is a joke. I find it to be hilarious. And I find it to be interesting that during the legislative session, He spent more time to secure police money, that police and budget, than anything else. You didn't see him standing out there saying, we need to put more money for housing security. We need to put more money for this. We need to put more money for food. I don't know. That sounds like a good idea to me. You know, I think it's a good idea to have money for food, for things like diapers, for things like menstrual supplies, you know things people cannot afford. Why don't we have programs from the city for that, right? But we put it on the backs of the nonprofits, right? And the truth with that is, is that these nonprofits sit on that and they recreate the same foolishness, right? How you feel?
1: Oh, so true. I, I mean, I was just here and I was, I, I like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you're saying all the very, very, uh, valid things. Cause you're right. It's like, you know, here we are. And this is something I cannot stress enough that honestly just irates me. It <laughs> just gets me so, so mad about, you know, the the people who are supposed to represent the people. <laughs> That's it. Right. And they get into the positions that we put them in. And then they start advocating and making actions and doing things that are not what we put them in that position for. We put you in that position. To serve the people, to to get us the things that we need, right, and to do the things that we need uh, to get done. And here you are, and you you're put in. Now you're in the position, and you start advocating, and 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 you know compromising, and 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 creating, you know, policies, and this and that, and whatever. On things that go against our interests, right? That, that That is not beneficial to us. But then you still want our support. You still want us to
0: believe in you. You know, Manny, you if st- I didn't know... I would say that really jerked your blood pressure there. (laughs) I would dare say that really pissed you off. Did y'all feel that? That man just got, money just went from mm to mm mm-mm. Nah. Samuel L. Jackson came out in him just now. Like, because it's facts, right? Like, look at what they did. They put all these parking meters downtown, right? So the people who live in the city can't enjoy the city. Right. We can't enjoy the city. We can't. I cannot. But Yale could do what it wants. Yale could do what it wants, including distributing flyers. Justin Ellick, do not believe you. I do not believe you. All right. I, I seriously think that this was an election ploy. This is an election ploy not it was because it's still going on. Makes sense because he's aiming at the first year students because he needs volunteers. I keep trying to tell you somebody need to text me, email me something. But I have no idea what his campaign manager looks like, Manny. Do you? He doesn't no. need one. He's he's doing it. By-
1: yeah, but I mean, well, well we already discussed why we I mean, We definitely already made that, you know, those points, right? But you know, the the point still stands is you want our support. You want people to vote for you, you want people to keep you in that position. But we hire you you know, we don't hire re-elect you, sorry. <laughs> we elect you, we vote for you, right? To get the things done that we need to get done. And you get in that position, you get on that microphone, you get in front of those cameras. Even when you're not in front of those cameras, when you're behind closed doors and you're having those closed door meetings, right? Because we know those happen. And you do all these things. And I'm going to ask you, well, you know, what are they for? Right? What are you advocating for? Or we just, we listen right, to, to the conferences and stuff that these people do. And we hear that you're supporting and you're creating policies for things that we didn't ask for. We're asking for affordable housing. We're asking for better access uh, for our our undocumented immigrants for their opportunities to have more opportunities. We're asking for uh, uh, more investment to the education system. We're asking for, yeah, healthcare, right? We're asking for uh, community policing. We're like, we're asking for things that, Right, Base, basic uh, access to food and jobs, literally things, right, that, I mean, may, maybe I'll, I'll say it's such a bizarre notion, right, that us just as human beings are just basic necessities, right, wow, didn't think those are basic necessities for us to survive, yeah, newsflash, they are, right, food, jobs, healthcare, you know, We're not asking you to give us a million dollars each or find a way to get us all rich. I mean, that'd be nice, but no, (laughs) that's not what we're asking for. We're asking for basic necessities. And when we put you in that position, we elect you to be in these positions where you literally have the power to talk to other elected officials, because that's in your job description, right? So talk to other elected officials and other people to create the opportunities and the places and the and the programs to get us these things, what do you do? You spend your entire term, right, doing everything we didn't ask you to do. And then and then here's the here's here's the best part. Here is the best part that I've seen time after time again with so many of these elected officials. Is once they do it, then they make it seem like we have to be grateful for it. Literally, what in the world? I mean, it, it blows you, my you mind. what your problem Everybody.
0: is? I'm going to tell you what your problem is. Here, <laughs> here you go with your foolishness again. Did y'all see that? <laughs> Once again, somebody check Manny blood pressure. Because, <laughs> you know, Manny, Manny, Manny. <sighs> Next thing you're going to say... Your vote matters and you're going <laughs> to say some nonsense like, you know, this is why you have to support democracy because when you elect people, you know, they do what we need them to do because they meant that. No, we need to hold them accountable. Six days ago, it was reported that the police in New Haven were investigating the third instance of a tr- an intruder breaking into homes of Yale students. Six days ago, New Haven police were investigating after a Yale University student awoke to a burglar in Edgewood Avenue home. Do you hear what I'm saying? So Yale student wakes up to an intruder in the room and look at what happens. This is six, literally a week ago, right? So don't tell me that you didn't know about this, Justin Elliger you did you very well did because you knew if it's in the paper that Yale students are upset it's a problem now and you know Manny's worried about this oh that's right Manny I forgot you live in that part New Haven that's just you know everybody wants to live there the streets are clean there's trees everywhere you know (laughs) (laughs) the roads there's no potholes (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can see the stop signs. Um, Let's see, what else? There's enough parking for everybody. People don't have to park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you see when you go outside. I, I looked. I didn't see it over here on my side. So I'm, I'm being hopeful. I'm being hopeful. You know, because in our neighborhoods, don't, don't get it twisted, right? Because the hoods get blamed for a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. All right? The hoods get blamed. And you know that. It doesn't matter if you aren't into that or you are into whatever you're into. Once your address is a particular section, mm-hmm. you're profiled. Period. Absolutely. Has that ever happened to you? Like, have oh, you ever? Oh, absolutely. Tell us. Absolutely. Listen, I remember it, it happens all the
1: time. Actually, it's not even like it happens all the time. I I remember it actually happened not too long. I think it was. Hold on. It was about two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. The most recent one, most recent one was two weeks ago. I was talking to this person uh, who used to live in New Haven, uh, but now lives in another city, um, a more predominantly white city, I might add. And the answer is, oh well, many. Uh, where do you Where do you live now? And I said. I live in uh, Fairhaven, and I kid you not, I can't make this up. They said, oh, of course you do. And I said, of course I do. was that's supposed to mean? And he said, well, you're Hispanic, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, don't all the Hispanics live in Fairhaven?" And I said, oh, wow. And and that wow wasn't because, you know, first time I ever heard that. No, <laughs> I hear it all the time. But it was wow that you actually just sat there and said that. <laughs> because, you know, again, it, it's things like that, right? I mean, no matter where you go in New Haven, if you went up to a random person on the sidewalk, I, I can almost guarantee you this. You go on a random person on the sidewalk in New Haven, and you ask them, just out of the blue, where do Hispanics live? I, I can almost guarantee you, eight times out of ten, they're gonna stay in Fairhaven. Right? And so what comes with that though, right, is not only this negative notion that all Hispanics will be found in, in Fair Haven, right? But also, also this is what I also heard. And so this is a different encounter I had, right, with someone who actually is around my age group, right? And what I heard was, again, I said, I lived in Fairhaven. And they said, Manny, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And they said, "Um, why is it that all the immigrants are in Fairhaven? And I said what? And he said, "Yeah, they're like, are is they not like? I, I think I'm pretty sure all the undocumented immigrants are in Fairhaven." And I said, "Um, said so you think they're only found in Fairhaven?" I said, "Because I, I can guarantee you, you're wrong on that one." <laughs> and he said, "Really?" And but it, it's the fact that they were genuinely. Serious, you know. It wasn't like it was a joke. It wasn't like it was, you know, sarcasm. No, it was the fact that they were genuinely serious that they thought that all the undocumented immigrants in New Haven has are, are pretty much just like bunched up in for Haven. You know, as if they're not in the hill, that's, as if they're not New
0: And I'll tell you what. Let me add to that what you're saying because what's ridiculous added to that is the fact that there's actually a, you know, a lot of West Indians who live in Fairhaven, you don't hear about that. You don't hear West Indians, you do not hear about the Africans or the Indians. It's just made to be like a Latinx section. That's entirely true. If anything, I look at Fairhaven as a melting pot of culture because you find that, it, you know at least that's what I've seen, you see all these different people from different countries, happy with each other. Really, honestly, you know. You see people, you know. You see like an Asian person doing business door to someone who's not Asian, and they're okay. You see all of that because you don't see that everywhere else. Now, other areas you just call the hill, the ville. It's the same thing um, here in the ville. It seemed to be you know said to be predominantly black, but the truth is, there are people out here, Latino, however you'd like to identify his there are you know mostly West Indians, it's black, it's brown, you know, we're the way out here, right um, but then you could see where that shifts. you could drive you know, like Westville now is becoming more colorful. It wasn't always like that, right. But yet we are chastised, and in saying that, the alleged criminal activity follows that, right? Because those areas, the, the Hill, Fair Haven, they're all deemed to be highly violent, right? Now, every year that policing budget gets amped up, right? Every single year, everybody else could get a decrease. Somehow, we have the money to buy military equipment. We have the money to hire more police without truly training them. Like our system, I'm very sure a lot of people are not aware that the psychological testing that's currently being used is outdated. It's very outdated. Even if it was something that was within the last five years, I keep trying to tell you all, COVID matters. Everybody went through COVID. There were cops working double shifts. All of that was happening, right? So you figure the mental stress. I did not hear at any time, and this goes for the Board of Education as well for New Haven and quite other cities in Connecticut, as well as across the United States, I am yet to hear about any city saying, "For we reopen, we did a full such and such psychological evaluation on our staff." Manny, did you hear that, or am I am I just not listening? No, I
1: didn't hear that either. Unless they were speaking a language I didn't understand, they might have you know said it. In one but of do the you feel like that?
0: Do you see the importance of something like that? What do you think would have happened? It is. Ex-
1: oh yeah listen and as someone who you know i'm going to college for for psychology for mental health right and to become a a clinical psychologist right mental health is, is everything to me it's it's something i've done research on far more than anything else right like i know just how important and how pivotal it is uh to to a person's capability to function to operate, to even just carry out day-to-day tasks, right? Um, and so, but we're not talking about, you know, just the average person who went through COVID. We're talking about people who still had to work and, and, and be outside and do things during COVID, right? Um, and so, yeah, we, I mean, <laughs> there need, like that, that Not only for just reassurance purposes, right, to know that they are okay enough to be able to to fulfill the full capabilities and the full requirement, uh, the full capacity of their job, right, but just on a human being level to make sure they're okay, right? I mean, here we are, I mean, again... I'm never, i have never, I've always made it clear, I'm never the type of person that's like, I hate all police, and forget them, and they're just terrible people. All the, No, no, no. Because at the end of the day, they're human beings, right? And there's a lot of really good people who want to carry out the job in the, in the right way. So, on a human being level, right, like, imagine what it would show to them, to us, as citizens if you know the municipalities right that are in charge were like hey as we're coming out of covid this very unprecedented time in history right and all of our lifetimes cuz none of us had lived through the, the last pandemic right 1918 so an unprecedented time in all our lifetimes hey are you okay right let's do this psychological evaluation not to like see if you're crazy no not not a negative you know uh way at all but just to see how you are to see see how this affected you you know just on a human being level take the job out of it absolutely because
0: let me tell you something that what that would have done because you're absolutely correct like people forget you know these people are human beings and during covid they were considered to be first responders which means that you know, a lot of the police and supported staff, let's not forget the EMTs, let's not forget our firefighters, mm-hmm. let's not forget the nurses, nurses' aid. You know, here's the thing. I'm not saying the doctors were not important during that time. I'm just saying, let's not forget, right? You can't do it all by yourself. You need you need oh, support, cool. right? So what I'm saying is, is that had they done, and this is something that Queen Barbara Fair, has been really trying to address. Like, you got to think about who you're hiring and why. Because did you notice, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I think a blind man could see it. Whenever black or brown officers say, like, they could have finished the academy, they could have been in the academy, they could have been a functioning police officer, let them find out that your boyfriend or partner... Um, has a record or something like that, they will remove your back. What I'm trying to say is our privilege, policing privileges get removed really, really quickly. Now, in saying that, we do have a lot of black and brown Uncle Tom police officers. They sell off. Now, here's a funny for your entertainment, Manny. Um, I'm looking up these articles, right? And one of the titles, um, this is on the CRON website, Yale Police Union flies Warning of High Crime outrage, School City Leaders. Here's the thing, if you follow the pictures, right? And, and this is for the folks tuning in. If you wanna know the validity of the story and if it wasn't a show and tell then why are the same pictures on all these different sites? Manny, how did that happen? was there only one photographer working for everybody by, you know, I'm not saying that I I work at WTNH, right? (laughs) But, But, you know, this picture of dusted with the skull is on all these different platforms. And I'm saying like, how does that not show you how much of a charade this is? Here's this mayor of this town. And yet he has all this coverage of his position, his, now, I, listen, Manny, you're a nice, generous human, kind soul. This is why we love you. You're so sweet. I'm not going to lie and say that I'm a police lover, that I think a lightning might come through the window, a lightning bolt. What? But, <laughs> you know, what, what I am going to say is I find it interesting, that's the word I'll use, that we have these varying perspectives, you know, his varying degrees, content, distaste. And mind you, go for your own personal entertainment. All you have to do is Google Justin Ellicott, Yale Police Union, filter your stuff down to the last seven days, pour yourself a drink or open a can of beer, make some tea. I don't give a fuck. Do what you need to do. Um, Light a spliff if you want to do that too. Do what you need to do. Just relax. The point I'm saying. And read the damn titles. Entertain yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) They They put some thought here. Right, you have the Stanford Advocate with how accurate was a was a Yale Police Union flyer about the crime issues in New Haven. Fox News saying Yale Police Union hands arriving students Green Reaper flyers about the the crime near campus. Quote: Good luck. Right, AP News: Boring fear city tactic from 1975. Police Union tells Yale students to avoid New Haven right? Hartford Courant, Yale Police Union hands out fear-mongering flyers to students. Now, you notice the trend? Do you see the trend there? Like, it's all about the mayor and his skull and this flyer, and he's standing there. Now, they're saying city leaders, Manny, so apparently the city of New Haven is only led by police officers. Did you know that? Could have fooled me. Uh,
1: (laughs) City leaders. I mean, well, in my experience, (laughs) my experience, uh, some of the leaders of this city uh, are not actually elected leaders. Um, They're actually not even elected officials. Again, just in my experience, the people who actually you end up seeing lead the city and, and, And by lead, I don't mean necessarily in a beneficial way. I mean lead by, you know, they're the ones making decisions and they're the ones, you know, addressing certain things or speaking on certain things. And um, from what I've seen, a lot of times they're never the people we elect to be leaders, right, or or really choose to represent the city. But somehow, some way, they end, up be, they end up being, you know, the city's leaders.
0: You know, Manny, you know what? I think we're looking at this the wrong way. I just thought about something. What we need to do is get a couple dollars together, go down to the dollar store and buy Justin an an award. Because <laughs> <laughs> this man, you know, that's our problem. We're noticing the talent here. He's a good actor. We gotta we gotta give him credit where credit's due. He really should get like an Oscar nomination. I'm just saying maybe an Emmy. I don't know. We could talk about that after. But this dude is, you know, conveniently standing there with black and brown people behind him, most of them being linked to the police department. Really? Really? But you see, That image is being smeared like peanut butter across all these different media platforms because it's the one that people allegedly want to see. Remember when we were marching and we were calling out the bad policing and we were saying that this isn't right and that isn't right and we got mad about Randy Cox and we said we need more black and brown police officers. This man, like I said, Justin Ellicker doesn't even need a campaign manager. He is his own campaign manager. He just realized he just needs the right group of people to stand behind him in a picture. Cause that's what he's been doing. Right? Like Manny said before, it's impossible that this went out and seen by at least one other person in the city. That that doesn't sound that doesn't sound accurate to me. That sounds like somebody's trying to make sure that they look like the non guilty party. And since people are already angry with Yale right? Let's just maximize on that. I mean, it's completely stupid, right? I think that whoever made the flyer got a little beside themselves with the imagery and everything. But at the same time, it reads to me like a jab to the mayor. Because as you said, the whole meeting that happened prior to this, where monies were discussed, so it could very well be that would possibly happen is that there was something else that was intended, another type of publication, maybe like a safety guide. Something like that. We'll just play devil's advocate for a little five seconds. But instead they decided to publish this because they knew pissed will piss him off. Right? I mean, do we even get me started with the fact that there's a lot of Republicans in police saying, oh, Hmm. Hmm. So, how do you see this plan? Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, honestly. Jeez, I, I think. I think. Here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. Uh, following this uh, occurrence, um, I, I think. Tensions between Yale and the city of New Haven. I'll see. Well, it goes on said that they're going to be more tense, right? I'm curious, though. I'm curious as to how how might this affect the ongoing uh, negotiations with Yale and unions like Local 33, Local 34, Local 35, you know, like the the, the unions that have already been on Yale's heels, right? Um, asking for, for, you know, uh, demands for, you know, workers um, that obviously Yale is, is so very reluctant to give into. So I wonder, you know, how how are those negotiations? If you know, if even, you know, might they be affected? Uh maybe they won't. I hope not, right? Because it, it, it wouldn't be fair. But then again, this is yeah, we're talking about nothing's fair with them. Um so so that's one. Two, right? How is New Haven going to take a stand? Right? Are they even going to? That's really a
0: damn good question. Let me read a question in the Independent regarding this. Yale should not be allowed to have a separate police force. Security is one thing, but armed officers representing a private community is a whole other problem. If they want New Haven to be safer, they need to work hard with the city and provide resources to the greater whole. Defund Yale PD. I agree 100% right? Because right now, as this show goes, who do you really call when the police murders? Because the thing is, bringing it back to where I started, when you have New Haven police, Hamden police, surrounding police even, who behave badly, that seems to be where they go. They don't lose their job, they don't lose their privilege, they don't lose anything. They actually get the comfort of being okay. And I I don't agree with that. Like I feel like if you have certain charges on your record, you should have to give up that privilege. Not be allowed that pension. How the fuck you get to throw Randy Cox around like a fucking bag of rice and then you still get your pension? Let me go inside a Walmart and start to throw around an employee and say that I did in a citizen's arrest. Will anybody give me a pension for that? The answer is fucking no. And the truth is, I find Yale police to be a waste of resources. It's bad enough that Yale has taken over New Haven, but who do we really when the police murders? Because you can't even call Yale; they don't work for us. They work for each other. So, what's your thoughts on that, Manny? Who do you call when?
1: You're right, and and, and that's that's exactly the problem, right? The problem is. That these police officers, right, police officers who work for Yale, they don't work for us. We can't call them. When you call nine one one, right, and you need the police, Yale police isn't the ones showing up, right? They're they're you're you're not calling their department or their operators, right? You're not getting contact with them at all. What's co- who's coming is NHPD, right, New Haven Police Department, and so. You know, but you, you drive, well, you drive around downtown, right? The downtown area, the Yale University area. And you see, I mean, you see the the cars everywhere, right? Yale police, Yale law, safety, public safety, whatever they call themselves, right? You see they're they're constantly driving around, they're patrolling, all this stuff. Uh, so, you know, there's a fair amount of them, right? Running lights, actually, I've seen that. You're right about that. I definitely have seen a couple <laughs> of them run lights on their phones while driving. Anyways, we're not going to talk about those things, (laughs) right? But you see all them, uh, (laughs) and and they're all around. And then, you know, but here we are as a city, talking about we have a policing shortage, right, or whatever. But imagine if you had NHPD, and then all these officers and these patrol cars or whatever from Yale, you know, and they were working together, well, you know we wouldn't be in such a shortage, but anyways that that stands right there um right who who do you call when the police are the problem right i mean it, it's 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 like um what's what's the what's the word I'm trying to look for pretty much well redundant right to call the police on the police. Right like how, what like what do you mean <laughs> right? It's like a brain malfunction, <laughs> so, yeah, you have things like well, like the civilian review board, but well, that's its own thing that I've million and one things to say about <laughs> because the civilian review board were operating at their full capacity and with full effectiveness, well then, like you said, cj, you want to be having cops who when they have incidents and the whole record of things and they're still able to be a cop right that's that's kind of the whole the whole point for that creation but again, a whole different thing so yeah it's like having this whole problem of addressing you know these police officers who end up having records who end up doing bad things or or operate independently right because they're hired by an entirely different entity right the Yale police. Um, working for Yale, it's like you run into all of these very intricate loopholes, right? But these loopholes is what keeps them operating, That's what keeps them from ever really being held accountable. So, yeah, it, it, it creates this very tricky, this very complex atmosphere for regular citizens like me and you Right, who, you know, some are, some are, well, not some. I will say probably a lot, <laughs> probably, probably majority actually, are, are, are like you, CJ. They're fed up. They're fed up. The police. They, they're like, whatever. Get rid of them. I don't even care anymore. Honestly, you know, you know they're not being held accountable. You know, they're, they're very much in your position, right? Well, and then,
0: you know, just to jump in real quick, there, Manny. I mean, just not to go. We witnessed Justin Elliker standing there, using police to remove people from the tent city over by El Boulevard. Let us not forget that mm-hmm. the police department worked together to tear that shit down. And if I'm not mistaken, you know Yale's role. So Yale, Yale police plays this alleged supportive role. They're supposed to be focused on the campus. We've seen them. Lights. We've seen them eating while driving. You know all kinds of shit, right? It's a waste of money. It's a waste of money because really, it's just a, a way to hide people and and give them somewhere to go when they've behaved badly. And I do not agree with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, um, I, I definitely, I definitely don't agree either. Right? Like I said, no, those are like one of the loopholes, right? Is police also have a track record? And still get a job or keep a job as a police, just working in a different department, right? That that is absolutely, I mean, to say insane, yeah, but just wrong. Plain, basic, simple as it gets, just wrong, right? You, you shouldn't be able to do that. In fact, none of us can do that, right? We can't. You can't work. Uh, say you're working in a a, a branch, right? A franchise of this large corporation, you get fired from, from one uh, franchise, right, Run one branch, and you get to move over to the next. Now, you fire the company don't want nothing to do with you, you're never going to get hired again, right?
0: I'll give you <laughs> one even better. They're not hired. I'll give you one even better working at somewhere like Stop and Shop that has a union. Let's use Stop and Shop. Do you really think, Manny, that let's say someone, you're cashing somebody out and they have an attitude with you. You really think they're gonna give you re- if you punch them in the face or <laughs> if you defended yourself if they attacked you? Do you really think you're gonna get a retirement package? <laughs> you think stop and shop will say, Oh, you know what? Here's this nice little um little, you know, basket we made for you too, Manny. We saw that you you know, you punched that person had to defend yourself. We love you, Manny. We're even gonna go outside and we're gonna hold up signs in your... You think that's what the fuck happens? No, your ass is gonna be fired on the spot. You think if you're working at UI and you fuck up a utility pool, right? Or you fuck around and you didn't connect some or some, some, some. And it doesn't even have to be something that complex. Your ass gonna be fired. Okay. ShopRite. And this is a true story. I actually used to work at ShopRite, a young man worked at ShopRite, and his schedule kept getting messed up because he also is going to court to face off for his daughter and and that whole child support situation to get his parental rights. That's a whole other episode right there. Um, And he's a hardworking young man. Nobody's perfect. But he had court dates. And even though he told his manager would be in all these different things they still messed with his schedule and they still fucked around and said he wasn't going up and all this other bullshit why because when they want to get rid of you we see this happen in every job even in the non mm-hmm. you're not a problem as someone said to me until you become successful or you're probably just a problem is one of the other but either yeah. way the point that we're trying to make is is that in all other professions, for the exception of this particular, we're only talking on this particular. This could apply to others, but right here in New Haven, between Hamden police and Yale, just kind of bounce around, right? So if you something bad in Yale, uh, sorry, at New Haven or Hamden, they'll either send you over to New Haven or vice versa, or they may send you to Yale. Shout out to Devin Eaton, because let's let's tell the truth and shame the devil. They didn't want him in New Haven police, and they sent him over to Hamden. But they never released the record as to why. See, that's another thing the public... Remember, we spoke about the FOIAs. We're writing a freedom of information request, like we discussed on Friday. And that's something we're going to continue to bring to learn how to ask questions. You don't need... To do, if you're not comfortable, things let me say it like that. There's other ways that we could press, right? We need to be questioning the living shit out right here, because I do feel one of the demands coming election is we need to lower our police and budget. We just need to, right? It's ridiculous. We have basic essential needs that need to be taken care of, and also, add this tidbit here. Do people realize how calls are routed when you call 911? It's not what you think. Remember, Manny, we spoke about that, that they Mm -hmm. routed, you know, it goes to a central dispatch, and it's for this, this area, which is wrong. And the reason, amongst others, why that is wrong is because in terms of emergency support professionals, such as social workers, clinicians, their clock, if they're handling emergency response, Their clock, no matter wherever they are, starts when that call comes in. That's wrong because if the call comes in, let's just say 9 o'clock. Then, depending on what you're calling for, if you're calling for a DV, calling about substance support, help, whatever it may be, they have to triage you through. You might even get disconnected. You have to call back. The time they're done asking you all those questions, right, 911, you know, whatever it is right? That clock has started. It's start. It's 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 already started. So what that means is, is that in terms of the amount of time a support professional has to respond, it's limited now. And we didn't even get started with the fact that, you know, that person might require translation or other language support services. They might not even be able to, They you know, or did not be able to see, there's disabilities, all of these things. The point is, all those services, support services, do not get the same band of time to respond. The police get there first, right? You mentioned something really just now, Manny, right? Because if you can't trust them, who do you call? So who the fuck do you call when the police murder? Because you can't call the commissioners. You can't call the police department. You can't even call, so who do you call? Who do you call because they get away they get a tap on the hand so who do you really call to hold them accountable Manny who do you think we should be calling and also what do you think we could do to right um,
1: that's the thing right it, it's uh, and that's that's where when I mentioned that it's a tricky and a complex atmosphere because of all the loopholes this is what I mean is we can identify the problems. We can identify the fact that loopholes are present. But now when we talk about solutions, when we talk about alternatives, right, that's where it gets tricky because there's so many factors that have to play into that. Right? Because what, what we're saying is is that we need... Someone or a group of people or department or division or whatever you know we decide is needed, but you know whatever it is, it needs to be comprised of individuals who we can actually trust that will be able to hold the police accountable, right? And now by that description, some might say. Oh yeah, well that sounds like the civilian reward, you know, the review board. Well, no. <laughs> Cause we have that. Uh look, where's that got us?
0: Well they Honestly, watered it down. That got us? Manny, you know that. Exactly. We had J1 up here. The thing yeah. about it is it's set up to fail. It's set exactly up to fail. <laughs> and right. And they have it set up where they're gatekeeping the fuck out of the process. And they're trying to make sure that we're unable to participate, and that's wrong. It's really wrong because it's taken away the ability to hold them accountable. Exactly. So here we are again. So what could we really do to?
1: So so really, what this comes down to, right, is here's here's here is how I envision uh, the solution being created. There needs to be a room, right, in this room are community leaders. And by community leaders, I mean actual community leaders. <laughs> I don't mean people who say they're community leaders or people who are appointed as community leaders. No, 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 no. No, forget all that, right? I'm talking about people, I'm not just saying this is just to be nice, but people like you, CJ, right? People who have been in the community, who talk to the community neighbors, who have seen, you know, the issues right in front of her face, right? Um, and then also people who might just live on the street where a lot of things happen. And you know information, you made calls, whatever, whatever. You, you know, made attempts. You're a community leader too. Why? Because you care about your community. Automatically makes you a community leader. I'm not looking for people who have titles and special experiences or qualifications. No. All that means absolutely nothing to me. Their words, their titles, their certificates—they mean nothing. All right. When I start talking about a solution for the community, for the city, it needs to come one from people who have actually witnessed these problems,
0: two, experience. Who have
1: experienced,
0: right, experience. who has experienced
1: going through the problem, exactly. And for the people who I've seen or other, you know, maybe not just because I, I don't see everything. So what others have seen and can vouch for that have, you know, put their, pretty much their entire like livelihoods on the line to address a lot of these problems, right? Those are community leaders to me. So that's one. So the room needs to be comprised of, of those type of community leaders, right? Two, the elected officials, because at the end of the day, community leaders are here, yeah, they can provide their specific insight and things, but the elected officials, are the ones who have certain powers and capabilities because of their positions, right? Creating policies, establishing departments and divisions and stuff. So elected officials need to be in there. But again, just like the community leaders thing, not just any elected officials. Elected officials that actually can be trusted, <laughs> right? That's its own entire conversation right there. And then three, um, You know, we the room also needs to have um, people who are are kind of like in that in between ground, right? They're not necessarily community leaders, they're not elected officials, right? They're not involved in law enforcement, right, or anything involved with law, or whatever. Um, Just just that group that's in the middle, and right that that'll have its own discussion, right? who's in that group, was, you know, what individuals comprise uh, or compose that, that group. Um, so, but, but again, this is what I think about a solution being created for this problem, is this room, the space, to have these individuals in it who, one, will talk about the solution not for the ulterior motive of making money for the city not for the ulterior motive of, you know, being able to have certain loopholes incorporated for personal agendas. No. Uh, who are creating the solution solely for the purpose of, we recognize there's a problem with law enforcement, we recognize that there are loopholes that allow law enforcement to do the things they do and still get away with it, And we are creating this for the sole purpose to actually, actually, effectively, without any limitations, right? Or gatekeeping, rather, be able to hold them accountable when the time comes, right? I don't think that any one, you know, of those groups on an individual basis, should be tasked with creating the solution. Right. Because if we're talking about community solution, we need to include the multiple components, multiple facets that make up a community the elected officials, the community leaders, and that third group, right? Maybe community residents or whatever. I don't want to put a specific title on it because, you know, that, that's up for discussion. So, you know, so, so, so there's my thing, right? Is only then we, when we cultivate that space and get all those, you know, those three main groups together, right? And again, under the guise of creating this solution with no ulterior motives, no personal agenda, no loopholes, none of that absolute nonsense, right? That, that is when I think we can actually produce a viable solution.
0: I think formidable. I mean, people hope that the civilian review board would have been that. The truth is we should have also known, just based on how they've done in this city and elsewhere around it. You know, we need to really remind ourselves, what does the community look like? Who's in the community? Is it only the church goers and the church leaders? Is it only those who support the current mayor? Is it only the police department, right? Are there, you know, I mean, the community is way bigger than that, but we don't see that representation, right? Nobody said that we're at that point. We are not at that point where we could be fully, fully rid of police because there our times where they do become somewhat useful, right? But we need to really rethink policing. We don't need to be spending all this money on that. We need to think about the basic essential needs of our communities, right? And addressing that. And then when this type of window dressing is put up there, we need to call it what the fuck it is and not act like it's what it should, you know, what they're trying to make it into, right? We need people to step up. Right now, just listen to what the young man just said. And this is why, as I've said before, and I'll say it again and again, we have not done enough, um, both on a personal individual level, as well as above that, City and state research into the mental wellness impact of COVID 19. So, if you thought you had adjusting to society after quarantine issues, what the fuck do you think happened with these police officers and others who did not have downtime? What do you think happened? Right? What do you think happened? And then since that time, we've also had other instances of police brutality. And once again, right here in New Haven, and it got brushed under the rug. The main reason why Randy Cox had to take the settlement that that amount, I mean, for what this young man has gone through, and the fact for the rest of his life, he will have a disability, his life will never be the same. It will never be the same. But just so you know, the main reason why he took that amount, yeah, 40 million sound like a lot, but try living with a disability and see how that looks when you have to pay for your own health care and medication. Health care is not cheap. It's expensive to be sick, it's expensive to be disabled, right? and it's expensive to be poor in Connecticut. So when you think of it from that perspective, that money before taxes, how much did he really, really get? And how much can he really, really do with that? Right? So they had to do that because if you were aware of how they, as as Maddie pointed out, just in making the flyer, it goes through a process of different decision makers, different eyes look at it legally, um, leadership-wise, within the city, within the police. When you go through that process, each time they do that, they invoice each department and whoever's involved, that's the investigation piece, just so you know. Just so you also know, what happens when it comes down to settlement, the city now will have to push back and say, you know, you know, we really can't afford to pay Randy $100 million because we just had to spend $16 million to do X, Y, and Z relative to this case. So this is how much we have left. If I'm lying, I'm flying. If we need more facts than that, bring it to us. But essentially, the principle remains the same. Before that, Don't think just because Randy Cox demanded $100 he got that. That's not how that goes. Look at what happened with Stephanie Washington. That young lady only got, what was it, a million? She may never be able to have children. And y'all gave the officer a tap on the hand because she didn't die. So she's a living cripple. And that's another thing that needs to be discussed, right? Is it less expensive when you live their punishment? Because that's what it's looking like, Connecticut. Manny, before we sound off for the evening, any final
1: yeah. Um, you Yeah. Know, this issue of holding pl- police accountable, um, it's a very prevalent issue, um, regardless of what department it is, whether it's New Haven Department, whether it's Yale, whether it's Hamden, whatever department it is, right? We've seen this on a nationwide scale. Uh, holding police accountable—it's a prevalent issue. There's been so many ideas put out there on how to approach it, uh, with just as many ideas on um, why those solutions don't work. <laughs> right. So, unfortunately, it's it's a conversation that just keeps on going in an endless cycle. I hope, and and I will do whatever I can, um, in my efforts to actually bring a solution closer and closer, a viable solution. Uh, I'm not saying that any one solution is going to be the answer, right, like the permanent answer, probably not, right, probably got to make a couple changes. (laughs) But if we can just get one established that's at a good percentage of viability, then we're getting somewhere so i will do whatever i can continuously for as long as i can uh, to to bring that closer and closer for for my community uh, for i would hope not only my community the state and eventually the nation so i i want to let you all know that um yeah we are facing some issues yeah they're coming from some big big entities uh you know are much much larger than us but but that never takes away from the power that we have from the capabilities that we have or even overall what changes we can enact simply just by working together believing in each other supporting each other and making sure that we're looking out for each other so i thank you all keep going, uh, keep, keep staying strong. And yeah, these, these issues are out here and they're right in front of our faces, but you have people like me and CJ on the front lines, on the ground, uh, running, doing everything we can.
0: You know, he's always amazing. He's always here. He's always in his true self. And I cannot say it enough times. This is why, At some point, we get older, we're less capable, right? The pain it forward starts when we look at our younger people and say, I may not agree with everything you're saying, but let's have that conversation because some of the best solutions come from disagreement. That's how you figure out different things. I might have a point that you didn't think about, Versa, right? You heard him talk about lived experience. I think that in my opinion, you know, that's the thing. That's the big thing out of COVID, lived experience. How much did we really value that, right? So there's a lot that can be done here. All I can say is, as he pointed out, you know, we have to continue trying to move forward. Does that mean you're going to be friends and work with everybody? Probably not. Um, But that doesn't mean that you can't try to find a good group to work with. I would, you know, ideally, we'd like to say we could all hold hands and sing kumbaya and do everything but the truth is there's some. T- I, I gotta admit for myself there's some people I stay away from because I've been down that road before so I'm not here to force you to do things but educate before you step into that decide to sign on to something before you say that Justin Elliker is right do your fact checking on some things this is a conversation we're going to continue you know, it's definitely going to continue. Manny's definitely going to be back. And you're not done seeing him. We as a whole, as a community, need to support Manny and all the other Manny because we didn't live their experience, their lived experience. So, can we at least read their opinion? And could we at least give them a space to share that? Right. Well, I cannot thank you all enough for your continued and empowerment and encouragement. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. Your solidarity really, really, really means a lot to us. Think about it. Who do you call when the police murders? Let us know. Well, that's all for now. Fist up. Smile on. Peace.